0: Well, the vice presidential debate is in the can, and was Mike Pence on it last night or wasn't he? He was Mr. Cool. This guy looks like you walked out of central casting if you were trying to cast someone for the president or vice president of the United States. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Dury, and welcome to another National Preview Online podcast. Please follow us on our Facebook page and website, nationalpreviewonline.com, and by all means... Please go to the iTunes App Store and subscribe to NP Online, our podcast, so you won't miss a thing. It's a free subscription. And for you Android users, go to the Google Play Store. Simply download the Podbean app, which is our hosting service, and you can subscribe that way. Well, I have to tell you, uh, I was expecting Vice President Pence to be good, but he was more than good last night. Now, look, nobody's performance is ever perfect. He punted on a couple of issues and didn't answer the question, but that's typical of most of these politicians in these debates. But Kamala Harris not only did not answer questions, and very important ones, she lied through her teeth. She repeated the debunked uh, story of Donald Trump not denouncing white supremacists and the KKK and the extremists. He did that following Charlotte. Everybody knows that. The complete soundbite has been played. If anybody listens to the complete soundbite, you know that the president, when he said there were good people on both sides, he was not talking about the white supremacists or the KKK. He was talking about the non-extremists on both sides, the people on the left, the people on the right, who peacefully got together and were protesting the statue. So this is just a lie. And then she repeated a contemptible lie, talking about how that Trump and Pence inherited the Obama Biden economy are you kidding me or what lady if you really believe your own bull you're in bad shape there was no economy under Barack Obama in fact he's the one that went around proudly to a lot of these places telling these workers your jobs are not coming back and he lampooned and made fun of President Trump when President Trump said he was going to bring these jobs back And he said what's he going to do get a magic wand well, he must have had a magic wand, Mr. Obama, because those jobs are back. No thanks to you. Now, there's a few things I want to talk about. Uh, aside from the fact that Kamala Harris didn't answer anything, aside from the fact that Kamala is a lightweight and you can see that she's a liar, I don't want to focus too heavily on the debate because I don't know that the vice presidential debate changes things that much. Uh, but it does it does put into sharper focus uh, the big differences between the Trump-Pence ticket and the Biden-Harris ticket. This election should not simply be a referendum on Donald Trump. It should be a choice between going down an irreversible road to radical leftism and socialism, from which we will unlikely be able to extricate ourselves because I do not see another Donald Trump on the horizon to come to the rescue and save us with his personal strength, or a maintenance of American exceptionalism and the way of life that we have come to know and love in this country, our freedom. There's a lot of people speaking about the debate, so I'm going to leave that to them. Instead, I want to talk about a couple of issues. I had made a statement last week on the show about crime, and I want to revisit that issue today because I want to juxtapose it with something that Kamala Harris did. Kamala Harris made a point of visiting the man who caused all of the shootings, the uh, the rioting in Kenosha, Wisconsin, Jacob Blake. Uh, She treated him as the victim because he was shot by the police. Now, he was shot by the police, but Jacob Blake was not a victim. Jacob Blake was at his ex-girlfriend's house where he had no right to be. There was an order of protection against him. He was not permitted to be on the premise, and she had called 911, accusing him of sexually assaulting her. In fact, there was a warrant for his arrest for sexual assault. Now, she was also black, and Kamala Harris is the one that says that all women victims should be believed. Well, how come Jacob Blake, a sexual criminal, sex crimes uh, criminal, uh, commands her respect and her visit But this woman of minority extraction who is the victim of this sexual predator, she gets no visit, she gets no sympathy. Something doesn't seem to add up here. Now, I've said before that black males come into contact with the police a lot more than males of other ethnicities based on their percentage of the population. It's not because... Excuse me, the police seek them out. It's because they commit a disproportionate amount of crime in this country. And as I said, all due respect, we can talk about socioeconomic factors that may account for this to some degree, but police officers are not social workers. They don't deal with the causes of crime, they don't deal with the things that cause people to commit crime. They're charged with preventing crime, they're charged. By through vigorous patrol and observation, they're charged with the arrest of perpetrators of crime, uh, and the enforcement of laws. They're there after the fact, so you can't factor that in to their motivations. Now, most of these crimes, with the exception of narcotics and guns, excuse me, are crimes which have victims associated with them: rape, robbery, burglary larceny, things of that nature. And it it is these victims whom identify the people who perpetrated these crimes against them. Most of these victims of crime committed by minorities are themselves other minorities. They're blacks, Hispanics. That's who live in these neighborhoods. If you're a police officer in a command in a precinct, and the population of that precinct is, say, 60% black and, and 35% Hispanic and 5% other, who do you think the majority of the victims of those crimes are going to be? Well, I can tell you. The victims are going to be 60% black, 35% Hispanic, and 5% other. That's where it's going to be. These criminals are not leaving their neighborhoods in a meaningful way, going to some other location to try and prey on people of other ethnicities. They're largely committing these crimes in their own neighborhood. So what motivation do black and Hispanic victims have for identifying as their assailant uh, someone else who is also black and Hispanic? They have no motivation. They're identifying them as such because those are the people who are, in fact, perpetrating these crimes. That data gets fed to the FBI from every law enforcement agency across the country. And because of that, patrols are vigorous. Because of that, you have vigorous patrols which put people in conflict with each other, potential criminals and the police. And you have these victims themselves calling the police when these crimes happen, identifying the victim as black. And now the police are out hunting down this person, see if they can find them and arrest them for this crime. So all of these things come together. The police are not just randomly deciding, well, let's go mess with every black person we can find. No, in order to give some sense of closure, in order to do due diligence and to be of service to victims of crime who are also disproportionately minorities, They have to go after these minority criminals. It's that simple. But you have Kamala Harris not wanting to acknowledge the minority victim, only acknowledging the minority perp because he happened to be shot by the police. So there you have it. Now, there's one other thing I did want to address, which I find most disturbing. And if I actually believed it, I would probably find it frightening. But I don't believe it. I've been looking at these electoral maps. Now, last night, when I looked at one map from a website called 270towin.com, they show an electoral map that, as of last night, had 288 electoral votes either for Biden or trending Biden and 163 for Trump. Now I see it today, 18 hours later, and they've got it at 308 for Biden and 125 for Trump. Now, quite frankly, I don't see how that's possible. I really don't. And when I look at the map, I see something very different than what I think should be happening. All of the states, the big states, that Trump won, that they said he could never win in 2016, they're showing them all blue. Now, it's color-coded. So, A dark blue is solid blue, like California, Washington, New York, uh, New Jersey, things like Vermont. Others are like a medium blue, so it's strongly leaning Democrat. And others are like a pale blue, so, you know, trending Democrat or leaning Democrat. The ones that are in pale blue are Minnesota with 10 electoral votes. Wisconsin with 10 electoral votes. Michigan with 16 electoral votes. Pennsylvania with 20 electoral votes. And Florida with 29 electoral votes. So let's talk about that. Well, Minnesota, Trump didn't win last time. But he came within a point and a half of winning it. He won Wisconsin. He won Michigan. He won Pennsylvania. He won Florida. He won Ohio. Ohio, they have as a toss-up. They've got Ohio listed as a toss-up state. They have 105 electoral votes that are listed as toss-up states. Now, I don't consider these toss-up states. Now, why do I say that? They've got Texas listed as a toss-up state. Now, if you believe that Donald Trump is in danger of winning Texas, then you really must be smoking all kinds of crack. They have Texas as a toss-up state. They have Arizona as a toss-up state. They have Iowa, which Trump won big last time as a toss-up state. They've got Georgia as a toss-up state. They've got Ohio as a toss-up state. They've got North Carolina as a toss-up state. Now, North Carolina can be a little close. Even Mitt Romney won North Carolina against Barack Obama. I really don't see Biden winning North Carolina. I definitely don't see Biden winning Texas. So right away, this 125 that they say Trump has, when you add Texas's almost 40 votes it becomes 163. And then when you add uh, North Carolina, you have 173. Now you've got 178. Then we don't, we're not talking about Arizona. Now let's go a little further. Michigan and Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania had been decimated under the Obama administration, of which Joe Biden was a part. I mean, they're giving him all kinds of credit that he was the one that brought the economy roaring back. So I assume that when he brought the economy roaring back, he was the one that put all the people out of work in Pennsylvania, the people who are now making substantial livings in fracking, the coal industry. These people were on the balls of their ass prior to 2016. Donald uh, Trump was a voice in the wilderness that called to them. They voted for him. Their economies have, have come back, right? The COVID was beyond Donald Trump's control. And he wasn't the one that shut the country down completely. He shut it down for a short period of time, but he's not the one that's delayed the reopening. It's these Democratic governors that have delayed the reopening. Deliberately, to try and hurt the president, and they don't care if they have to hurt their citizenry in the process. Now, you can't tell me that the people who were starving in Pennsylvania four years ago and have enjoyed prosperity since Trump became president are suddenly going to turn around and vote for Joe Biden. So I don't believe this leaning blue configuration for the state of Pennsylvania at all. So those 20 votes I give to Trump take away from Biden. So now his 180 goes up to 200. Likewise for Michigan. Ohio, they say, is a toss-up. I don't think so. I think Trump wins Ohio. They've got Georgia as a toss-up. Why? Why? because Stacey Abrams still thinks she won governor there, I don't see Trump losing Georgia. And quite frankly, I don't see Trump losing Florida. I don't see this race as an electoral landslide for Joe Biden. Now, if you turn instead to Rasmussen, which is a far more accurate poll, and look at their electoral map, they've got it 269-269. Now, while I disagree with that, I can believe it. But let's look at Rasmussen's map. In Rasmussen's map, Iowa is given to Trump, just as I said. Texas is given to Trump, just as I said. Georgia is given to Trump. Florida is given to Trump. Arizona is given to Trump. And here's where it gets a little dicey. Oh, and North Carolina is also given to Trump. They're giving Trump Wisconsin. They are not giving him Minnesota. I'll go along with that. They're not giving him Michigan, and they're not giving him Pennsylvania. Very, very big. Very, very big. Because in this scenario, if Trump wins either of those, he's over the 270. If he somehow manages to flip New Mexico, he's over the 270. If he flips Nevada, he's over the 270. Now, up here out in the, in the left coast, there's a little state called Oregon. It has seven electoral votes. Now, why do I mention it? It's a liberal state, that's true. But there was a poll done a few weeks ago that stated that the people who live in these cities, these Democrat cities that have been ravaged by these riots in the wake of these police shootings and the Black Lives Matter and the Antifa crowd. Two to one, they favor Trump over Biden. Now, why is that significant? Because Oregon is not a very populated state, and a significant portion of its population is in the city of Portland, which has been ravaged by these riots. Now, Portland is a liberal town. The rest of the state really isn't that liberal. It only plays out liberal because of the population concentration in Portland, much in the same way the city of New York skews the state of New York blue, when geographically and county-wise, it's substantially red. Well, if that's true, if voters in these cities that have been plagued by the riots favor Trump two to one, that would mean that Trump would carry the city of Portland. And if he carries the city of Portland, he carries the state of Portland. So that seven added on to his 269 gives him 276, he's president. 269, 269, it goes to the House of Representatives. That's why it's very important that we take back the House. Very important that we take back the House. If any one of these states flip, any one, Donald Trump is in. Now, Rasmussen has been far more accurate than any of these other polls. And these other polls are so much, so far out of line that I really can't see, I really can't see this coming to pass the way they're putting it. Uh, CNN.com has got a different landscape, but I haven't seen anybody as far out as this 270 to win.com. If I was going to pick one electoral prediction map to look at and put some credence in, I would look at it uh, through the eyes of the Rasmussen map because that's the one that seems the most realistic to me. And even at that, I I think that uh, Trump wins. I I can't see Trump losing Pennsylvania. I, I can't see why any person would vote for Biden in Pennsylvania after what the Biden Obama or Obama Biden administration did to devastate that state and the state of Michigan. I just can't see it. I just don't. I really don't. I really don't see it at all. So keep your powder dry. Make sure you turn out in droves. Bring your friends with you. Vote for the president. This mail-in voting is a fraud. I think that's the only way this these numbers hold is through this mail-in voting. Uh, we had a, a postman in New Jersey arrested yesterday for throwing ballots in the garbage uh, this is going to continue to happen. And I can guarantee you they're not throwing Biden ballots in the garbage. They're throwing Trump ballots in the garbage. This is going to be a challenge in the Supreme Court to this. We're going to have to get um, Amy Coney Barrett on the Supreme Court. And I've been telling you this all along, and I still say this because. You've even got idiots like that, David Axelrod, who worked for Obama, saying that's going to appear on election eve that Trump has won a landslide because our people are going to be voting that day. The early voting won't be counted. But these fraudulent votes that are going to be mailed in after the election, this is where the fraud is going to come in. And it's really got to be stopped and it has to be addressed. So thank you for joining us today. We're going to be covering this throughout the week. We're going to be watching it as we get updated numbers. Please, again, subscribe. To National Preview Online, NP Online, the podcast in the iTunes App Store. And you Google people, go to podbean.com and see us there. For National Preview Online, I'm Jamie Dury.